You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything, with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about This and That. Hello, This and That listeners. Thank you for um, checking us out again. It is February the 23rd, uh, 2019, and we are about to um, record or talk with you about episode 5 of This and That. I am Brenda, better known as Miss Brenbren. And I'm David, a.k.a. The Professor. And this is episode 5, right? It is. Yes. And can you believe it? Our fifth episode, podcast episode? Uh, Time flies by. Wow. So we must have a lot that we got to um, talk about. And that's what this and that is all about. Where we talk about some of everything that's anything. So uh, what's on the docket for today? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's funny that you should mention the word docket. Uh, because I would say 80 plus percent of the podcast is all about law and justice. Ching ching. That's my impression of the law and order sound because as we've mentioned in previous episodes, uh, we are a very razor thin low budget operation and we cannot pay for that trademark sound. No, we cannot. (laughs) So hopefully... Nobody will be coming to us saying we owe them money, because all we can do is say ching-ching. We can't say nothing else. Right, and, and um, Mike Post, who wrote tons of uh, uh, television series um, theme music, including Law & Order, he, he came up with that sound, and it is not a sound effect, it is music, it is sound. Uh, and he calls it ching-ching because he says every time it goes off, it's a cash register for him because he well, gets a royalty. Guess what? He, has, he is <laughs> not, not get, getting a royalty yeah, from like, us. He ain't getting money from us. <laughs> but, uh, but before that, while we're not giving him a royalty, we are going to send our thanks to Sandra Hill for having us on her show on Voice America Internet Radio. Yes. Um, grow Your Voice, Overcome Your Fears. And uh, yours truly, Bren Bren and the Professor, were on uh, the February 22nd um, episode of that show and talking about our journey thriving and surviving through various uh, personal trials and tribulations as well as those of the job market on our road to this and that. So if you weren't able to call in a uh, lot or listen live or call an email with questions there is uh, a recording of the internet radio program that's available and um, we will post that to our uh, Twitter account it will also be available on uh, SoundCloud in the comments for uh, this particular episode of this and that and of course if you email us at this the letter N that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com and ask us for the link because if you can't get it some other way, we'll send it to you. So, And hopefully you will get a chance to listen to it 
and let us know what you think. And again, thank you to Sandra for having us on her show. Yes. So, um, are you ready to get started? Uh, absolutely, but I also want to say, in addition to the the Law and Order, so-called, or Law and Justice pieces, uh, I feel compelled to spend a little bit of time as well, after all that, talking about um, the President's national emergency. Do we have to? Uh, I feel compelled. Okay. Well, um, we'll see what happens. In the meantime, let's get started. Ching ching, we're up to the law and justice portion of this episode. Now, are you going to say a lot of what we're about to talk about, does it have to do anything with the supermoon that was going on this week? Oh, all, all, all the crimes we're talking about, were they caused by it? Yeah. And like, uh, well, and... You, you, you folks out there in podcast land may, may have heard that old, old wise tale, so to speak, that crime rises during, you know, the full moon and uh, a lot of crazy things happen. And that is real. Statistically, that is real. Um, uh, pe- folks who, um, uh, certain people who are, have various forms of uh, chemical imbalances and the like in the brain seem to be affected by, by the moon, uh, as well as others. So you look at any kind of crime stats and crazy things happen. These are longer-run crimes we're going to be talking about, so they can't be blamed on the supermoon. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, this past Tuesday, February 19th... If you happen to be looking up into the night sky, you might have noticed that the moon seemed to be a bit bigger... Than it normally is. Right, if you weren't being, you know, rained out or snowed out somewhere and were able to see see the moon. But um, it was the largest and brightest full moon of the year, and it peaked at 10.53 a.m. on this Tuesday. And these, these supermoons happen all the time, and it's because the, the, the moon itself rotates around the Earth. It's not in a circular path. It's in an um, you know, elliptical path. So every now and again, it'll appear slightly larger or slightly smaller. Now, the interesting thing is, um, it, this, so it had the closest path it's going to have to the, the Earth's orbit uh, at that point in time this past Tuesday. That said, it only is 14% larger in diameter, or at least can appear to be that way, 14% larger. Now, it may look twice as big or sometimes... Uh, Um, anywhere from like 50% larger to 100% larger, twice as big. And that's really just because of optical illusions um, and the fact that you're looking at it up in the sky and there's no real background and things like that. But either way, it is a giant big moon. Well, that giant big moon must have had an impact on some of what we saw in the news this particular week. With some of the, um, say, I, shall I say, the rich and famous? Yeah. So you're gonna stick to that. You're gonna yeah, blame I'm, the supermoon. I'm gonna blame the supermoon. I'm not letting these people off the hook. Obviously. All right. So let's talk about some of what went on with the rich and famous and the legal system. All right. Well, we're gonna start with um, one of 
your least favorite people, and that would be in a sports context, and that would be um, Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England New England Patriots. Uh, he got caught up this week in a prostitution sting that was stretched across the state of Florida. And um, essentially they've got, this, these are alleged crimes, so everyone's considered innocent until proven guilty in our, our system of, of justice here in the U.S., so allegedly. Oh, so not guilty until proven innocent? No, this is not um, France or some other place. And one day I will do a segment on the, the, the different types of law systems because okay. I, I find that interesting. Now, just because you mentioned the fact that I do not care for the New England Patriots, I do not wish any ill will on Mr. Kraft. So let me make that clear. Now, I'm not saying he shouldn't you know, be prosecuted for anything that he may be involved in. So right now it's all alleged. Yes, it's alleged, um, but part of those allegations, they have him on um, video surveillance because, again, it was a, a, a sting. And there, the, it, it seems the authorities are really after, they're not so much after the, the, the Johns wanting sex, it's really about human trafficking. So uh, apparently this, there's human trafficking involved in this um, spa, um, it's like orchid, Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida. That's the one where he was caught up in, but there, there are a bunch of others as well. Um, the authorities are expecting to make a lot more arrests in this case. When you say a lot more, do you have a number? Uh, they were saying hundreds, literally hundreds more arrests were expected out That's of this. That's a lot. And again, um, there, there seems to be a, a, um, a human trafficking, sex trafficking ring operating between China and the United States. Um, and, and that's part of where these hundreds of people are, are going to be swept up in if they haven't already been arrested as we speak. Well, I think Mr. Kraft has the um, funds where he can get some really good lawyers, and I think he's going to need it. But that takes us on to um, our second person that's been in the news. And that person also happens to have initials of RK as well. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that. And that is um, Robert Kelly, his real name. You, you all will recognize his stage name, R. Kelly. And um, as we're recording this today, um, the, the 23rd of February, he, he, uh, just, he, he turned himself into the authorities today. He's been charged with 10 counts of criminal sexual abuse stem, stemming across, again, these are allegations, stemming uh, between 1998 and 2010. And some of those allegations involve um, three underage victims as well. And all 10 of those charges carry a maximum of seven years in prison. So if he's convicted on all those counts, he's, he's pretty much seen a life, life sentence. But now, he, how, how old is R. Kelly? Isn't he like 52? R. Kelly? Like R. Kelly? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no, R. Kelly's in his 30s, I, I believe. He might be in his 40s. I honestly don't know. Hey, I'm just you, wondering. You have to throw a curveball at me. I honestly don't know how old he is. We'll have, we'll have to research that one. Hadn't, hadn't worried about it. But um, he is, is, these are serious charges. Uh, Bren, Bren and I deliberately did not watch the surviving R. Kelly. Once we learned it was six hours, we're like, we don't think we could deal with six hours of what they were going to talk with. But I do understand that it had a um, two million... People two million viewers, it? which um, I guess for Lifetime, that's a, um, a, a a huge number. Yeah, well, we weren't among the two million. So um, again, a million dollars bond was set for for him, and the judge, uh, Judge John Fitzgerald, like or leak, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, Junior, uh, said that was essentially two hundred fifty thousand dollars for each of the four people char uh, four people. That he's charged with sexually abusing. So. Well, again, it's all alleged. Exactly. And um, we're going to stay on top of this one. Now, and I'm sure we're going to find out more. Now, the irony of that is that he'll he'll be in the same courthouse that, you know, almost um, 20 years ago he was acquitted of um, other charges, including the, um, the infamous tape. With him and the the young lady and uh, all sorts of um, I will say dirty deeds being done, uh, and some of them literally dirty deeds. I'm not talking sex here, so you can do your own homework and see what I'm talking about there. So that's the irony. He's back in the same courtroom yet again in Chicago. Well, you know the other irony to all of this, What's a that? lot of radio stations are not playing R. Kelly's music, but he has written lyrics for a lot of people so he is still getting um royalties from all the different musics music from folks like the late Aaliyah and maybe some other people he's written songs for right there's a lot of contemporary songs that that he's he's written and um and you would not once once you know oh that's an R. Kelly song you think about it, it's like oh yeah I can see where that's an R. Kelly song so yes, he, he not only has recorded a lot of music, he's written a lot of music. Well, if he is said. found guilty, and again, this is all alleged, he's going to have a lot, of his, a lot of time on his hands for writing future songs. I agree. Now, that's going to take us on to our third person that's been in the news for... Um, the wrong reasons. The wrong reasons. Also in Chicago. Yep, also in Chicago. And this happens to be in an area that we are kind of familiar with. Yes, um, um, we did not... We're talking about Jesse Smollett and the um, uh, allegations that he staged a, a hoax of um, being attacked in a racist, homophobic incident. And the uh, police are... Essentially, they, they laid out a huge case. I don't think they need to do discovery. As Brenda said, we're not lawyers, but I do know that defense lawyers get to do discovery where that means they go to the prosecution and say, show us everything you got. They laid out, I saw the press conference, and they laid out a whole bunch of stuff. And then the state's attorney came, um, uh, I don't remember if it was the same day or a day later, and she laid out a whole timeline 
um, of stuff. It was it reminded me of the OJ case. It's like this this time uh, of day this happened, and this surveillance video we have here where they bought this, and it's from the police perspective the narrative they put out. It looks really daunting. Um, he's still maintaining that uh, he is n not not guilty, not just guilty, but innocent of all charges, that this is, that he did not stage a hoax. That's what his position is today. Um, we know from where he showed up at work at Empire, and he's been cut from Empire. Yeah, right you know, now. I've never watched Empire. Never seen an episode of that. Yeah, it's one of those things that we... we we're going to watch it. We kind of DVR'd. It never happened. So we just live vicariously by people telling us about Cookie and everything else that goes on. So we, we know what the show's about and who the characters are. But that is that is the irony there. So um, if if it's true and he did this to raise his profile for more more money, I have to wonder, again, speculating, it's all alleged, but and I'm speculating here, it's my personal opinion. I have no inside knowledge, don't know. But these Hollywood folks have agents. I mean, did he just cook this up, or did, was his agent involved with this and said, you know, just it'd be a good idea if, you know, hypothetically, whatever? I, you know, inquiring minds want to know. I, I want to know who else is in, involved in this. And then the other thing is, folks, if you're going to do a dirty deed, don't pay by personal check. Oh, that's because just so funny. Because he hired the, the two folks in the surveillance video, turned out, turned out to be these two, two um, brothers, literally brothers, um, uh, African-Americans of Nigerian descent, one of whom was tied to Empire, and, and apparently Jesse is being alleged to have hired them for $3,500. They have the, the check, they, the authorities, they have the, the canceled check and everything else. So again, don't pay by check. Don't, don't be Jerry Springer. Yeah, I was going to say, so Jesse did a Jerry. Exactly. And you want to explain for people who no. run around? What? No. Okay, I, can, I will. Can, I will do can. this. I would tell folks, Google search Jerry Springer, and um, and I'm sure something will come up. I, I'm, I don't know. There's so much that could come up with him. But for folks who only know Jerry Springer from his his um, you know infamous show, Jerry, Jerry, the fights and everything, um, way before that, Jerry Springer was at one time mayor of Cincinnati. Shocking, I know. But and actually, he knows a lot about politics. But he's mayor since he was mayor of Cincinnati. And when he was mayor of Cincinnati, he um, went, uh, I believe it was across the river, yeah, to, to, um, to, to um, have a dalliance with a prostitute, and he paid by personal check. Come on. This is just ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Do not leave a paper trail. You don't. If you're going you're to do not supposed dirty. to leave a paper trail. Do not leave you do something trails. dirty or not. You don't I would leave say, a paper you know, trail. live a clean life. Don't break the law, of course. But, you know, the folks who are doing it, it just constantly amazes me why why they would do these things. So they got a lot of, they've got a lot of. Um, they got a lot of explaining to do. Exactly. Yeah, a well. A lot of explaining to do on that one. Now, um, who's this uh, lawyer? Uh, Mark Garagos. Yeah, now, was, did he have anything to do with O.J.? Um, he was around during the O.J. case, and, and again, I would say I have a, a virtual J.D. from watching the original O.J. stuff back in the 90s, the summaries at night, because you had, you know, Greta Van Susteren, and knowing who she was, uh, with Roger Cossack, who I'm not sure, he may have passed away, I'm not really sure. Mark Garagos was around as well. A lot of these people who are big-time 
celebrity lawyers now or they just show up on TV and commentate when they're not with big cases. And he was involved not with he was involved with OJ as a commentator. He wasn't on the dream team. But he was Michael Jackson's attorney. Yeah, and but, he got Michael Jackson off a couple times. But is um what you what we, what did you say his name was again? Gergos. Is he R. Kelly's lawyer or Jesse's lawyer? Um, I don't know. Now you've got me confused. Because um, all these cases are overlapping. He may be... I think he is R. Kelly's lawyer. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think he's R. Kelly's lawyer. Well, anyway, look it up, folks. Yeah. And you can find out for yourself. There's too much, too, much, too much crime going on in Chicago. Email Plus, us. unfortunately... Go ahead. I was going to say email us at... Uh, this, the letter N, that, this and that, at sign, about com. Let us know if Garagos is the lawyer for R. Kelly or Jesse Smallwood. Smallit. Or Smallit. Uh, and I, I have to agree with the police superintendent in Chicago when he was doing the, the, the press conference for Jesse Smollett that, unfortunately... All the attention that's going on in the Smollett case, as well as will go on R. Kelly as well, you only get a scintilla of that for all the gun violence and gun crimes going on in Chicago. And if they had even, you know, a little bit more attention on that, they probably could crack some of these, these cases that are, that are happening because victims and the like aren't really cooperating with the police, or so I read. Yeah, but the other downside of all this, especially if the Smollett thing turns out to be a hoax. Um, a lot of people now are not going to go forward with this happened to me, especially African Americans, because they're going to well, think, course. folks yeah. are going to be thinking they're making it up, they're not telling the truth. Well, there's a whole... And this this existed before Trump, but post-Trump, it's just got... It's, it's on, you know, steroids. And that's a whole cottage industry now of people. In fact, I saw something from Ann Coulter, who's a right-wing um, bomb thrower, figuratively speaking, uh, provocateur, I think is the proper erudite term in, in proper English. Uh, she wrote something that said, okay, and I'm paraphrasing just a little bit here, but it's like, okay, the Jesse Smollett case is a hoax, but we already knew that because all hate crime reports are hoaxes. And there are people on the right that believe this, and they've been pushing it hard for, you know, even before Trump, but post-Trump, it's on steroids. And that's what's going to happen. I'm sorry, folks. Brenda's right. You're going to see the next, the next big thing that happened. People are going to come out and say, oh, it's just a hoax. And um, it's, it's a shame. And a lot of people aren't going to want to come forward because they're going to be, especially with social media, um, you know, trolled and the like. Maybe even docs with people saying, well, here's where this person lives and works and go harass them. All sorts of just nastiness that's out there. Yeah, and it's very unfortunate. But more to come on all three topics. We'll keep um, an eye out and we'll let you know what we find out for Mr. Kraft, Mr. Kelly, and Mr. Smollett. Yeah, the one thing I will say about the Bob, back to the Bob Kraft thing, again... The, there were some other billionaires caught up in, in this as well, which is it's like a former head of um, Citibank and some other hedge fund people, but uh, and, and obviously a lot of less higher profile people. But 
it, again, it's all about the human trafficking. And I and here in our area, and I noticed as well in some other places across the country, there's clearly an emphasis on these. These these are all these kind of strip mall massage parlors, Asian massage parlors that you see, or spas. They they they, they like to use that term spa now, apparently. And um, I, I think that we're going to see more and more of a crackdown on that as well because. Uh, I, I'm just thinking over the last six to nine months, there seems to be an awful lot of arrests of those type of and, and stings and busts involving that. Well, the message to this whole thing, be careful out there, folks. Talk a little bit about um, the national emergency, Trump's national emergency that has popped up Again, recently. do we have to? Yes. As I said, I feel compelled to talk about this. All right, he's bit. compelled to talk about this. I'm compelled to not listen, but I get the feeling <laughs> I'm going to have to listen. And I think for those of you who are listening in, you should listen too. So take it away. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to get into should it be done, should it not be done. I mean, there's enough of that in the news and everywhere else. I'm focusing on, again, this is this and that, so it's what interests um, Brenda and myself. And this is really, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm fascinated with the constitutional question. Is what Trump did constitutional or not? Now, I can hear my... Um, um, former one of in corporate America legal counsel saying, well, David, you don't know if something is, you know, in this case constitutional, but they would say legal will stand up to scrutiny until it's tested, meaning until it goes into court. And this has never really been tested, so we don't really know. Anyone who says they know it's constitutional or they know it's unconstitutional, they don't know because under our system of of justice law, we are in a common law system, precedent matters, meaning, well, what's been decided before, under what circumstances, and then they build up case law, this is how this, this law works or doesn't work. None of that, none of that exists. And without that, we don't know where this is going to go. So, with that said, what do we know? We know that, um, essentially, the folks who are adamant uh, in Congress and elsewhere, Speaker Pelosi, a lot of others, ACLU, that this is a complete power grab, Trump is being like an emperor, like Caesar, and so forth. Um, they are citing what they like to throw out uh, in the founders called the power of the purse, power of the purse. What do they mean by that? They mean basically Congress gets to set the rules uh, around spending money and the like. And, again, if I pull out my handy-dandy constitution, which... Um, you all should have, or find copies online. It's all free. And trust me, folks, he has a copy. Yes, and it's right here in front of me. I'm going to read verbatim. It's quick, like the last time I read from the Constitution. Um, and Article 1, just to recap, Article 1 is about Congress. Article 2 is the presidency. And these numbers are important, just like the First Amendment. The numbers are important. So the founders saw, even though they were co-equal branches, Congress and the president, Congress was more important, and this is probably one of the reasons why. Uh, this is the Appropriations Clause, so to speak. Article 1, Section 9, Clause 7. No money shall be drawn from the Treasury, but in consequence of appropriations made by law. 
and a regular statement and account of the receipts and expenditures of all public money shall be published from time to time. That's all I'm going to read. What does that mean in plain English? It means Congress has got the gold and they set the rules. So if you pass a law, you can't do anything to enact that law without some kind of money. You got to hire people and you got to enforce it and so forth. And Congress lays all that out. So um, the speaker and others are saying that the president basically declaring an emergency to scrape together money to go build the wall is a usurpation of their Article I powers. That sounds fine if this was all we were talking about. There's a fallacy with this because Congress in 1976 passed the National Emergencies Act and they passed it September 14th, 1976. And it's part of U.S. federal law now. And in plain English, what this law did was it formalized national emergencies by the president. Because at that point in time, this was post-Watergate, post-Nixon, and Nixon was an imperial president. For those of you who weren't alive back then, there's all sorts of things online, on demand, in books. You can read about the Nixon presidency and see when people try and compare Trump to Nixon, I just kind of laugh. Was a lie back? There's no comparison. Nixon was a crook, and he really thought he was Caesar. And it was a big, and people wanted to rein that in. They're like, we got, we can't let this happen again. So uh, what Nixon did? I mean, he had the CIA spy on people domestically. There was all sorts of stuff that was going on. So they came up with the National Emergencies Act so that they could formalize when a national when a national emergency could be called and a bunch of other rules, and. There are 136 emergency powers. I say again, 136 emergency powers Congress cedes to the president under this National Emergency Act. And on top of that, there was a military bases act about building bases and the money therein that the president can deal with it without going back to Congress. And these 136 powers, there are more than that, but these are powers the president has and can fool around with money without going to Congress. And when you add in the 1982 Bases Act and some other stuff, depending what the Trump White House does, I mean, this reminds me of a lot of the, the travel ban, Muslim ban, whatever you want to call it, where they screwed it up the first few times, and then they finally got something that passed muster with the courts. And this may be another case where they may learn right off the bat, oh, well, if we play within these rules, were kosher. And what you hear they're doing is primarily with the military bases. There's a little bit of money that you can't tie to that law, and that's where the gray area is really going to be and the fight's going to be, and nobody really knows where it's going to come out. So, bottom line, President Trump may actually have legal footing for building his wall. Well... I said may. Well, no. Uh, he may, but also the money being scraped together, $8 billion, isn't going to be enough to build the wall that he's envisioned in his mind, I'm sure. But he'll be able to build the wall. And this is all politics. And he said that in his ro when he was in the Rose Garden. It's all politics. So he'll be able to say, during his supporters, we already know that the Trump 2020 campaign, their slogan is, promises made, promises kept. They've made no secret of that. So he wants to be able to check down the entire list which, you know, if he starts building this wall, that's everything, folks. And no other politician in our history is going to be able to say, spin, no spin, how you want to look at it. 
this is what I said, this is what I did, or it's in progress. And that's what they want to be able to do. So it's all politics. And yes, just like Obama with um, DACA, this is what this reminds me of. And it's kind of funny. Everybody's flipped. Back when President Obama created DACA and people were like, oh, you can't create this program with executive action, executive power, it, you know, you're not, you're not a king, you're not Caesar, and so on. The court said, you know, they upheld most of what he, he tried to do with DACA, and DACA's still here today. Um, I think the same, my personal opinion, the same kind of thing is going to happen with this emergency power. It may get tweaked a little bit, but at the end of the day, he's going to get his money, and something's going to be built. They're going to have signs, just like um, back when we had the, the crisis and um, money was passed and you'd see highway stuff and it says, this is being built because of, you know, I forget what it was called, because of, because of Obama. Thanks, Obama. All right, And folks. Trump's going to do the same thing because he's kind of like the anti-mirror Trump. So he's going to do the same thing with sections of the wall. This wall is being built because of Trump. Thank you, Trump. All right, folks. You heard it here from the professor himself. So let's just um, kind of see what happens, and I'm sure we're going to report back on this as well. And now you understand why <laughs> he is called the professor. I'm not sure I know what that meant, but I'll let it go. Let it go. <laughs> And this is where we typically have our words of wisdom, also known as our wow. But this week, uh, there will be no words of wisdom. Uh, Miss Bren Bren is taking uh, a break from that. And I am going to be doing a update from episode four, where we talked about our, uh, the podcast being available at various distribution points, apps, and so forth. Right, and folks, you gave us suggestions as to different services that you wanted to be able to uh, get this and that on. And so David did some research, and he has implemented uh, certain services. So thank you to him and the different services that worked with him so that we are now available on the following. Yes, uh, we've, we're available on SoundCloud. Uh, that's been there since day one. You can now um, find us through Spotify. So the Spotify app or, or the web client, either one. We're available through TuneIn, the radio app. They may disagree with me calling it just the radio app, but I think of TuneIn as a radio app. They also have Spoken Word Podcast. You can find us through tune, the TuneIn app. Uh, Google Play Music, not to be confused with the Google Play Store. This is Google Play Music. So there's streaming music service that competes with every other streaming music service like Spotify um, and so on. Uh, you can find us out on that as well. And Stitcher, which is um, the main app for spoken word. There are like millions of, of podcasts available through that. So we're on Stitcher as well. Uh, we are pending on the iTunes um, uh, podcast app store or, or Apple Podcasts as they, they call it. Uh, everyone says, including Apple themselves, they take their time to review and make sure that you meet all their codes of contact, yada, yada, yada. So um, we are keeping our fingers crossed given we are everywhere else. The, those are the other ones I named are all the part of the, the, the big five, so to speak. Um, 
and iTunes being the big kahuna number one. So we're at two through four, two through five rather. So we're hopeful we're going to be on number one. We're pretty, pretty um, confident. It's just going to be a matter of time. And we'll keep you posted and let you know when that happens. So when people look for us on these different apps or services, how should they look for the name? Uh, you would search for the name this ampersand that, all one word. So no spaces. No spaces. Nine characters all together. This ampersand that. Now, I did notice on Spotify that it was a faster search if you just did this ampersand T. And we came right up because um, otherwise Spotify just gives you everything that has this and or that in their name. And it's, just, it's a headache. So that, that was a one weird exception there to find us on, on Spotify quickly. But everywhere else, it's this ampersand, that, all together. All right. You may have to do some, uh, again, um, on SoundCloud, if you search for us that way, I suggest you filter and look for, for um, podcasts that have been added um, this year so you don't get, again, a, a whole list of stuff. Because there are apparently a lot of things... Uh, with variations of this, this and or that, or this or that, that the SoundCloud um, search brings up as well. So there you have it, folks. We thank you for your suggestions, oh. and we try to implement as many as possible. And if you have additional ones, feel free to email us and let us know. Oh, what were we going to say? Uh, a few people um, um, emailed in and said, um, uh, what about YouTube? Um, there, there are podcasts out there on YouTube and they suggested that I've looked into it and um, YouTube will be something that uh, we will be working on so that, that's going to come in the future. So, and it'll be audio only on, on YouTube. It will not be, you will not see our video. This is not going to be, you know, like one of those kind of vlogs or, or other type of video podcast it'll still be audio only but on youtube so see folks we do read your emails we thank you for yes. sending them in and again we can't get back to each of you individually but hopefully you will see your suggestions implemented so david aka the professor can we say um we're done i do believe that episode five is a wrap all right then so thank you again, everybody. All the best. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com Music by Poddington Bayer. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, interested in sponsorship and or advertising, please email us 
at this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you and all the best.